What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the AltMed podcast. Uh, it's Andrew Dowling here, your usual co-host. I've got my man, co-host Mitch Kurtz, right over there in the corner. I'm feeling pretty dryly <laughs> today, Mitch, as you can yeah. tell. And we're very excited because we've got Tom Brown from Honolulu joining us. Uh, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be here. It's great to have you and Andrew do that stuff that we need to do at the start of each oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. So I don't know if we put it into like a post-production and we start to include all these graphics, but you know, call this number now and, oh no, no, sorry. Uh, hit like, and subscribe, um, you know, all our channels. So Facebook, YouTube, get around it. You'll get fresh videos straight to you direct. Uh, we do it out of love. Um, so we hope you guys like it, but today, what, what's your, what's your Facebook handle? Uh, YouTube handle at Altmed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At Altmed. And yeah, look, we're gaining a bit of traction. I think we're up to now sort of in the vicinity of 40 views per video that we've put out. So (laughs) yeah, most of that is, um, you know, our family members and friends, but you know, we're getting there. Um, We we don't have to convince Tommy. No, he's done it all. Traction's traction, man. What are you going to (laughs) do? Exactly. Um, Tommy back a little bit today, actually. You know, it's it's not... (laughs) Piggyback off the Tom Brown coattails today. Oh, please. I don't, have, I don't have long coattails, so it's all right. <laughs> so well, I guess we, we start by asking Thomas a little bit about Honolulu. Where'd you come from? How'd you get there? How does you come to be the dominant force in Australian cannabis media? Where did the love come from? What's your background? Wow. Well, I, I, I hope that I'm the dominant force, but I, I don't know if that's true. I'll, I'll take it though. It's a, it's a win. Like, like, you know, you, you're getting traction, I'm getting wins. So it's all good. Um, yeah. So, so I guess, um, you know, I'm originally from America, grew up in New York and cannabis has been around me forever. Um, you know, started smoking when I was quite young and um, very quickly saw cannabis as both recreational, um, but then friends, family members were using it as a medicine. Um, and that's where I first kind of had my eyes open to it being more than something for fun with friends. Um, and yeah, moved to Australia about 11 years ago. And when I first got here, you know, I actually stopped using cannabis during college, got here and I was like, oh, you know, I'm in a new country. Let's see what, what's around with cannabis. And, and the, the group I was hanging out with were like, no, nah, we don't do that. So for quite a while, I didn't find any cannabis. And I asked around to a couple of different people and it was really quite difficult to find. Um, eventually I, I found it and, you know, and it's just so different from America. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's really crap. Um, yeah. like the black market cannabis here is really crap. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I guess, you know, fast forward, that was 2011 now, 2018, tw- yeah, late 2018. I've always worked in startups and was really disliking the company I was working at. A lot of different things were happening. I had been made redundant from another one a year ago um, and started thinking about, you know, I've always thought, oh, I want to have my own business. Um, started talking to my current business partner about what we could do um, and started to see some articles uh, in the Australian Financial Review and different, different startup things about cannabis being the place to be. If you want to get in, get in now. It's still early. Medical is legal, but people still don't know what's going on. Um, and so we were digital marketers. We both, she had, uh, Jordan, my business partner had at the time endometriosis as of now she's had the surgery and has recovered, but she started using CBD. Um, and my wife has fibromyalgia. And at that point she had already started using illegal cannabis for 
fibromyalgia and that had helped a lot. Um, I have chronic back pain. I was using it for that. Um, and so we put out a survey just to see what people knew about cannabis uh, Australians, I should say, knew about cannabis, and it was pretty dismal. Um, most people didn't know what CBD or THC was, other than you know it gets you stoned. Um, and uh, when you ask where they got their information, it was you know your typical stuff: High Times, Leafly, um, all the kind of rec stuff. Uh, I guess Leafly is not so much recreational, but you know the U.S. or Canadian rec stuff. Um, and so we said, oh, well, you know, we've got a digital marketing background. We know about cannabis and we can, we think we can get into this space. So we created Honolly um, with the goal of educating Australians about cannabis. Um, and so that was, I think it was like the first, it was 2019. Yeah. So it was like a year and a half ago, a little more than a year and a half ago now, um, put up our guide to accessing medicinal cannabis, got some traction on that. And then went, all right, yeah, well, people like it. So let's go for it. Um, and so here we are, you know, just continuing to build out content around about cannabis, mostly medicinal at this point, because that's what's legal. Um, but I think people who are watching what Honolly is doing will slowly see um, we're beginning to shift some content into that kind of more neutral space. You know, we're never going to uh, kind of ha have that like highly recreational audience, but we'll, we'll always talk more about health and wellness and, you know, enhancing experiences and things like that. So nothing much about bongs and, and all that, even though that's a lot of fun at times, but uh, yeah, that's not, that's not the market we're going for, but yeah, that's where we are, who we are and what we're doing. Amazing. Now, I guess um, the first thing that springs to mind when you talk about that difference between america and australia which would have yeah would have been a shock to the system uh, it's so funny when you're in america people are like oh you know what strain do you have what do you feel like this evening you know are you trying to you know have a bit more of a relaxing time do you want something yeah. more cerebral are you looking to get up and do some work like what are you mm. looking for you can have you know indica you can have sativa you can have girl scout cookies blah, blah, blah. and then you get to australia and say what you got you got, you got weed and it's probably pgr weed <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. just like yeah but what what type of strain oh cannabis <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's, it's like, green yeah it's, it's green i think you get high from it or something yeah yeah, okay. yeah. so I, I completely understand that um that uh, which you would have gone through when you came back well when you came here for the first time rather yeah and and you know like growing up and stuff there were there were always good the good dealers who had quite a bit of stuff and could talk to you about it. But actually, you know, once cannabis really started becoming legal, more recreationally across America, some of the trips back, man, I've just been blown away, even from the illegal stuff, you know, like I'm not there. So I have friends who still get it. And, you know, one of them, his, his father, well, he's my best friend's father, who's passed away now, he, he used to use cannabis for like a lot of different things. He was on dialysis. He had a whole bunch of health issues. And so his son would always bring him back this like smorgasbord of cannabis. Mm -hmm. And he came to my house once to my uncle was sick and we were going to help him with medicating him illegally at the time. Um, but man, just the stuff he put out on the counter, like was, you know, you had, it was like you were in a supermarket and this is just some, you know, he's just bought from a dealer. He's not the dealer himself. And yeah. it's just crazy to, to come here and have that e even now, like to have the experience where it's just not the same. And, and the, the good dealers here are those who are actually growing it and aren't real dealers. They're kind of giving it out to friends because it's clean and it's, it's, you know, mm. it's local, but it's just a different world. And that kind of makes sense from the, from the knowledge platforms as well. Like talking about, people not being able to access good information in Australia and as such as the reason you're starting Honolly. 
like I guess the information when you have that kind of culture behind it just kind of emerges as it has in America. Like when you go to a, a dispensary in America and you meet a bud tender, it's like meeting a sommelier, except yeah. almost more passionate. Like people really get around their their cult following of, of you know, that whatever cannabis they're into or, you know, whichever brand or this, you know, Emerald Triangle kind of, or, you know, whatever uh, county they're into at that, at that time. And it's really, you, you see that in the, in the information. So things like Leafly and, and things of that nature, but, um, and, and beyond that, the services, which we haven't even started to see in Australia, yeah. like um, part of the month type thing and cooking yeah. with cannabis and, all the other shows you see on Netflix. So. There are some, there's some really crap, but good cooking with cannabis shows on Netflix. And, and the funny thing is they're really edu- Some of them are really educational. Like, I don't mean, you know, like deep, you know, this, this is like taught by PhD or whatever, but I'm talking about, you know, you want to learn a little bit how to cook with cannabis or understand some of the differences between um, cannabis that will give you, like you said, uplifting or relaxing and dosing and things like that, you know, there's some really good basic knowledge on Netflix. That's quite fun to watch if you just want to chill out and watch people yeah. cook and, and things like that, which is great. And, you know, I think that's something that would be cool to see here in Australia. I know a couple of people who have been talking about it, but haven't done it. And yeah, be, be I think it, it, yeah, it'd be a good lift for Australia. Well, one thing that I guess that I really you know love about uh, Honolulu and, and what you've created is the fact that when we are, you know, when we find ourselves in, a very different environment to that in the US where, you know, information is constrained. Um, you know, the access is much harder. Um, having a site like that, that, that guides people and answers their really basic questions, it does break down the, the wall. Um, what are, I'm just interested in Honolulu, like what are some of the main queries that, that people are, are throwing at you? What have been, I guess, your, your most viewed articles for one of a better term? Mm, wanting to steal my content i gotcha yeah yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) you've got your notepad at the ready just uh yeah no No, yeah like like you're more than welcome i i think you know one of the important things is i'll I'll answer your question in a second but two things one is i think everyone who's doing stuff like this is doing us a service whether or not you like like i jokingly said even if you want to copy some of the content it's great because people we're going to have different audiences the community is still small you're going to get you know you're getting your traction from a different audience than i am and they might cross over but it the important thing is that we're all working together to educate people in Australia. Um, you know, I think this is a problem with a lot of the big product companies as well. They see this as a market where they want to take, 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 like, I want these patients. I want these patients. I want these patients, but we're fighting for this tiny little pie, right? If everyone worked together a little bit more, um, and, you know, for example, and this kind of leads into your, your question, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff we get is about driving, right? You know, we, we need to change the drug driving laws here because it's illegal for anyone to drive with THC in their mouth. And that, that it's, it's just so off base. People aren't impaired. You can have THC in your mouth forever. And, you know, we have a campaign going drive change where we've gotten some companies involved. We've gotten some doctors, some researchers involved in that. This is like an everyone problem. It's a patient problem. It's an industry problem because this holds doctors back from prescribing. And you'd think when you have a campaign and a mission like this, like changing the drug driving laws to make it equal for all patients, right? You'd think that everyone would get behind that but not really. And it, it's really surprising. So for me, it's, it's really interesting that 
we're kind of missing out on everyone working together. Um, so, so that's kind of a little bit off track, but on your question, yeah. So it's a lot of our main queries at the moment are about driving. Um, so, you know, what are the laws around driving? How long does cannabis stay in your system? We get a lot of questions about access. So, you know, how do people, how do I access cannabis? Um, you know, who, who are the clinics to go to? Who are the doctors to go to? Um, you know, we quite often, which I'm a little bit surprised about quite often, we get queries on like, how do I buy cannabis from you? Um, I don't think, I don't think we give that vibe off, but it's cool. If you want to ask, I just tell you, I don't sell it and refer you on to someone. Um, but you know, I think, uh, and the good thing about that is that's part of our plan down the line, right? When things do become legal, we want to be able, you know, we hope that people trust Honolulu enough to, to come to us, to, to get cannabis for whatever their needs are, if it's recreational or wellness, you know, um, so yeah, those are probably the top ones. You know, we have articles, most of our content's created with, based on the questions that we get. So, you know, one that we just put out was what is a tolerance break and why is it important? Um, and that's, you know, again, most people think that a tolerance break is for people who are smoking joints, um, but that's not true. It can be useful for people who are medicating or people who are using it recreationally. So yeah, that's- uh, That's that's you know, really, really quite interesting. I mean. Yeah, I think the uh, that that whole um, drive change campaign uh, that you guys have really been promoting is is excellent. Um, I mean, we're getting excited about the fact that Victoria is is looking like it's it's going to you know go first in that respect. But um, you know, the, the this you know that issue even in isolation just highlights how disparate. And this is probably something you would have observed in your time in the U.S. This, each state's doing their own different thing. Um, there is harmony among the states here in Australia, but I suppose that broadly leads into my next question, which is everyone in this industry in Australia, well, a lot of people, um, you know, this is the only industry that we've seen. So we're kind of just used to the parameters as they've been set. Um, you know, and we're used to that state doing something differently to that one. But I'm just interested coming from an entirely different approach to, you know, setting up an industry as is the case in, in the US, how, what are some of the observations that you've made having the US as a reference point? Uh, just, just generally or about medical or? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could start with medical. Um, I suppose that's probably more pertinent to yeah. the Australian yeah. market, but yeah. I, th I think the most, the, the craziest thing that I've seen in terms of differences between America and my, my medical cannabis, like legal medical cannabis experience in America is purely New York um, because that's where my family is from. And, and two of my family members have used cannabis as a medicine. One of them is currently using it. Um, and I helped her to find a doctor who would prescribe or, or give, get her the card. Um, now she's older, um, various different medical conditions. And, you know, I went and, and helped source that doctor for her. Uh, and then she got in touch and I was just really amazed at how poor their care for a patient is. It's actually just kind of, here's your card. Good luck. Like, wow. and it, it, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, and, and I, as someone who has seen, you know, recreational use and medicinal use, if it's recreational and that's what you're looking for, that's cool. Like, you know, you, like, you know, like Mitch said before, you get a bud tender and it's all good. Um, they're going to help you out and, and tell you, give you some guidance. But for someone who's older and wants to use cannabis purely as a medication and doesn't know much about it and is on other medications, a doctor who just gives you a card and says, 
get some CBD and THC and start here. Good luck. That yeah. to me is pretty crap and, and, and it's a little bit dangerous, right? you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I mean, do that, that whole card system is just, that blows my mind. So you go and see the doctor over there and they say, what is it like a, you just get a card that allows you to go to any pharmacy or dispensary and just purchase medical grade cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and you know, the, the reality of it is there are limited number of, of dispensaries in New York. Cause it's still quite, I think it's still quite small compared to some of the other States in terms of the medical cannabis, um, I guess, framework and, and use, but yeah. And, and I'm talking like New York city, Brooklyn, Staten Island, I'm from Staten Island. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so different. It's a different world. And for someone who needs help and needs guidance and needs counseling, it just doesn't make sense. So I think when I look at that versus what we have here, like we're, we're on the other end of the spectrum where it's almost impossible to get it. And I say that loosely because it's, it's, it's quite easy to get, but it's expensive. And, you know, the doctors still will laugh you out of a room. I've heard some crazy stories recently yeah. about doctors just being horrible to people. Um, and then you have, but at least once you get it, if you get it from a doctor or a clinic, they're actually going to counsel you through it and check in yeah. on you and make sure that you're using it in a way that will benefit you and give you some guidance if it's not working. That's important for a patient. Whereas in New York, and in, and this is my experience, right? I don't know that this is the same with everyone, um, but yeah, it's just very lackluster and, and very useless for a patient. Medical it doesn't medical, know what they're doing. Medical grade cannabis also has a slightly different kind of meaning in America or at least the way they judge it, as I understand it. For example, it's arguable whether the TGA, uh, you know, enforces a lot of the laws they put in to the, to the utmost of their capability, but um, they do at least have pretty strict guidelines around what would constitute a medical grade product. Uh, whereas in the States, it's not federally legal, so they don't mandate it. The FDA doesn't kind of control that process, number one. And then number two, if you're getting a product tested over there as a medical product well you know they're not independently accredited labs so you a lot of companies will pay the highest you know the highest uh, ratio they can find to so that they can say hey we've got a 19 percent you know you can get it tested in the states is what i'm trying to say and get three different um ratings of your cannabis or three different uh, what, was, what was the term I'm looking for? Ratio of cannabis, of cannabinoids. Okay. Uh, and you basically the clinics or the, the labs that win out are the ones that actually give you the best or the highest ratings of THC or CBD. Assay is, what is the term I'm looking for. That's the one. Um, so that, that to me is not a very clinical kind of system as opposed well, they're, to... Yeah, they're, so you're saying they're, they're independent labs. They're not state um approved or certified labs um so they're yeah, not, not um, yeah yeah correct yeah. not the same scrutiny that, that we would yeah and, and i think like you know you talk about just cannabis generally you know i think and and there's that trade-off then right because in america and it's probably again with my experience in new york it's a little bit different but in other states where it's i guess more popular and has been around a bit longer and recreational medicinal, whatever they, they're talking about terpenes and minor cannabinoids and things like that. Whereas here we're talking about CBD and THC. And, yeah. you know, I've spoken with some, some um, product companies here where I've asked about, you know, what, you know, what strain or what other 
cannabinoids or what terpenes are in their product. And they're like, oh, it's different from, from you know, every batch. So you need to get a COA and we don't really care. It's, it's more about CBD and THC. And you're kind of like, well, it's a pretty weird way to look at things as well, particularly if yeah. it's a patient who needs a consistent medication every time. And that's a couple of the bigger companies, you know, mostly international, but you know, it's, it's still, there's, there's a very different way we look at cannabis in Australia than overseas. And it's challenging, I think for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think we're still a few years behind the States as well in terms of the, um, the stigma around cannabis in Australia. Like you still, you know, you talking before about patients being laughed out of the, uh, the doctor's uh, surgery, if you will, or practice that it would, yeah, I, I can't imagine that. It would pro- possibly happen in parts of America, but I, it's I, I just don't hear stories like that. Yeah. I mean, America these days is too far spread. It's too, you know, abundant. Uh, mm. You know, I, I don't, well, you don't even go to a doctor's office to get the cannabis. Yeah. In the first place. But um, yeah, I, I just think that um, that villainization piece, it feels like we've gone, you know, all the way from one end of the spectrum to the other. We've gone from, full you know jail time stigma your reefer madness kind of uh, scenario all the way to now it's like we're prescribing it for people but it, you have to be seriously ill you have to have tried a bunch of different medicines as a first line therapy you have to be i mean you can get it approved straight away if you're um through sasa if you're terminally ill or you know for palliative care but um it feels like we've yeah gone from this one end to the polar opposite end very quickly. And, and I just get your thoughts on that, Tom. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, we continue to do what we do at Honolulu because like you've said, Australia has seen this villainization and we're still seeing it with doctors and we're still seeing it with a lot of people. Um, something Andrew mentioned before, one of the things that is important is that cannabis is it can, it's a medicine, but it's also something that people can use for other reasons, whether it be health and wellness or just for fun. And I think that's an important piece that we're missing in Australia. And you have, like you've said, um, we've gone from this place where if you use cannabis, and this still happens, and I think this is what the doctors who left people out of the office think is you use cannabis, you're a stoner, you're, you're not going to move off the couch or you're a drug addict but it's okay for someone who's dying or someone who's, this is a last resort. But the reality is the majority of people using cannabis, whether it be medicinal or otherwise, are everyday Australians. They're people like us, they're lawyers, they're doc- doctors are using cannabis, right? Like it's, it's some, and it's something that people don't wanna talk about. Nurses are using cannabis, whether it be CBD or CBD and THC. Um, it's, it's something that, the media doesn't talk about it all. When the media shows things, you know, you look at the news, you get evening news, it's a child who's dying or an older adult who's dying, not, you know, me who has a back problem, who uses cannabis a couple times a week. But that, that a person who's been playing sport their whole life and has injuries, athletes, you know, there are professional athletes, ex-professional athletes in Australia using cannabis for whatever reason. And it's not being talked about and that continues or, or, can, or, or uh, keeps that stigma and taboo going. And that's something I think that's really important for everyone to, to help break down. And regardless of the people, whether people are in medicinal cannabis or whatever it is, if you ask them, most people will say, oh yeah, I think, you know, I think it's, people should have the right to choose. Um, you know, 
alcohol kills far more people in in every day than cannabis kills in years cannabis alone has never killed anyone as far as we know so it's 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 just crazy to me and that's that's part of what we want to change you know we think of honolulu as the place for education for the conscious cannabis consumer right it's not a medical consumer it's not a a recreational consumer it's a it's someone who is thinking about consuming cannabis for some purpose and wants to learn about it and and make a decision right whether they want to use it or not and that's that's their choice and and that's what we think and that's where education should help very interesting and yeah a lot of people yeah it's interesting when you put it like that there's a lot of different people using cannabis kind of in the middle there that aren't you know on one end of the spectrum i even hear there's university students using cannabis these days oh wow really that's crazy (laughs) um but yeah i i guess for me I, i come from a bit of a cannabis family in terms of being in, in that space for a while so it's i'm a bit closer uh, it's very destigmatized in my world but um andrew would you you're possibly from a bit more of a conservative yeah i mean i, I you know I certainly don't have uh, an uncle who is a world-renowned cannabis geneticist um but uh, or anything like that but well, no, I, <laughs> oh, I, I definitely do i don't, I don't know what's wrong with andrew i thought it was your auntie it's my it's my third cousin on my inside ah yes yes yeah it's no it's a really good point tom because it's like a i guess it's a a bit of a an irony or or paradox that you know the the stigma um you know if you were to ask someone who's actually who is chronically ill um are they taking you know how what do people react when they tell them that they're taking medical cannabis i still think even in that situation people like oh you're taking cannabis for your therapy but then um, to the rest of society, the fact that we've kind of quarantined only those people get access um, itself perpetuates a separate stigma. And until we facilitate access to um, areas where other countries around the world have deemed the, that the use is safe. Um, so for example, you know, as a novel food ingredient or you know, to, uh, in a recreational context, um, you know, if we just allow um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry to almost <laughs> control the, the narrative and, and be the only ones that um, have a say in, in access, um, then I think that we're really going to be stuck with, with what we have for quite some time. Um, so, you know, I, that I'm fully on board. And I have to say, I think Honolulu actually does a really good job at, you know, not just being a restrictive information resource that only deals with you know, hey, this very small, um, you know, like legal market, I feel like just general information about cannabis on, on the site is, is really helpful. Yeah, cool. Thank you. And, and, and on that, I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of on the, uh, if, if we keep going in this direction, you know, we're seeing a lot of different things happen with recreational cannabis. So, you know, the, the recent bill into New South Wales, which got shot down to legalize recreational cannabis, but we're seeing different um states and different politicians beginning to push more and more to legalize recreational cannabis. And, and surely some of it is, you know, some of it is um, just there to ruffle feathers and get it on, you know, as a topic and we know it's going to get shot down. But I think, you know, one of the things that I, I think is really important and I, I, I hope that other people kind of see this is 
medicinal cannabis the way it is now and the way it's growing and the way the population of people who are using it is growing, these are all steps towards legalizing cannabis recreationally. It doesn't feel that way, mm. but it definitely is because, you know, and, and even with driving, right? The second that we change the driving laws, then we have data. It doesn't matter if it's medicinal or any other cannabis. Then we can go in two years time. Oh, look, people are driving with cannabis in their mouth and the world hasn't ended and yeah. people aren't dying from car accidents every day. You know, one thing I was talking about uh, just today with a few people is no one has brought up the fact that CBD is now legal over the counter. Yes, it's not in pharmacies, but there's 1% of every, uh, you know, 1% of the cannabinoids in that over-the-counter CBD is allowed to be THC. So if the law doesn't change by the time that we have our products over the counter, what's going to happen? People are going to go out, buy a bunch of CBD over the counter. They're definitely not going to be impaired from the amount of THC that's in them. But now we're going to have a billion people getting roadside swabbed and punished because they took a, took a CBD, like a, a drop of CBD. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, so hmm. all this stuff adds up and will, will help when it's really time to fight for recreational legalization. And it'll be interesting as well to observe the order of states as we did with access to medicinal cannabis, because I recall it was first half of 2016 that Victoria went first. Um, I know that the federal government, if, uh, if anyone, you know, in government in ACT or Northern Territory is listening, um, they'd be well aware that, you know, the federal government can very quickly veto um, territory laws and, and has, and the Commonwealth government has power to do the same over state laws. It's a little bit more complicated. Um, won't bore you with uh, any sort of constitutional uh, lectures here, but I think that the order in which the states go will be really interesting because already again, Victoria is looking like it's leading the way on the, the drug driving law change. Um, and yeah, bit by bit, as the stigma, the, the wall starts to come down, we then move to uh, a situation where, you know, one state, um, I don't know why I've just got this feeling it's going to be Queensland. Um, you know, it's <laughs> the, um, you know, the big pineapple might become the big pineapple express. I don't know, but I, I just, I feel like it's going to be Queensland and, you know, one of those states, whoever it is will lead off and then it really will be a real pressure cooker for the federal government to, to sort of say, you know, well, we're going to intervene. And, and if it wants to intervene, um, I don't think that the the Australian public by that time, um, I don't think it'll pass the so-called pub test to just intervene on ideological conservative grounds. I think there will need to be, given that we've had such a, a focus from regulators to date on, you know, safety and, and things like that, I think they'll need to back up why um, they'd be intervening to prevent um, recreational laws from from coming into force. Totally agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree, <laughs> and I think it'll be hard. Yeah. What, what uh, do you yeah, have, Mitch? Andrew, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, Mitch, you, you had a thought. No, I just like making fun of you um, when you get <laughs> a super legal political on us, which is you know, the people. Hey, like he, it. he threw Pineapple Express in there. You, you, yeah. you, can't, <laughs> you can't complain. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I actually do appreciate that. I thought that was funny. We we're, we're almost actually ready for your joke, uh, Mitch, if you could just lay it off with that. This is your moment to shine, Andrew. I'm, I'm <laughs> do do right. you prepare jokes prior to these, these uh, 
podcast so that each of you has a moment for a joke. Yeah, or... yeah. I actually lent that one to Andrew for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I much oh, appreciate nice. it. It got a good, good reception. Thank you, Mitch. It was good timing too. You know, you got you almost went to constitutional law and then you dropped the joke. So it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He, I can hear the people at home laughing. <laughs> Probably applauding as well. Um. Well, I think that's that's been pretty good so far i would say are there any other topics i'm thinking that i'd like to cap off this uh discussion with a little question for tom if you had to it's it's more like a a, it's a theoretical at the moment but when if you had to guess we had legalization in australia when would you put what timeline would you put on that this is dangerous because this is also yeah this is being recorded so whatever you say now is going to be a sound bite that will probably replay whenever it happens but let's yeah. uh, let's hear I, I, I at least hope you're asking everyone you interview this question <laughs> and then you can cut everyone together and maybe give away a prize to the person yeah. who was closest but not too far we away. are as of now starting now <laughs> great i love it and 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 like i hope that the prize is some sort of recreational cannabis related prize because that would only be fitting right um, absolutely so- it'll be uh you know annual subscription to girl scout cookie big fat you know baseball bat joints or something like that i don't know wow. we'll, um, we'll have to work this out sounded like a magazine that i would read. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was hoping you were going to like send us over to the U S to, you know, yeah, yeah. go to a big dispensary. Yeah. 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 Dispensary tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Straight yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe if you guys open a dispensary, it could be a free tour through your dispensary, you know, you know, hey, where do I sign up? I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, it is illegal. So I am talking dirty. Um, so I think, Oh man, this is a really tricky one. I, I just think we have so far to go with so many silly little things like, you know, again, the driving thing, it's crazy. And the fact that, you know, I, by the way, do you got, you guys do know that in Tasmania or yeah. Tasmania is the only place where it is legal to drive with cannabis in your mouth. If you have a prescription, no other, no other place in Australia, but Tasmania. So we already have proof that, that, uh, you know, people aren't dying from car accidents with people using cannabis. Yeah, but it's it's ironic because it's the hardest place to get it. <laughs> yeah, but people still get it. Like, oh, it is the hardest place to get it, but a lot of Tasmanians still get it from the mainland through a clinic and stuff. So uh, there's, there's a bit of, that's a bit of a misnomer as well. But yeah, anyway, yeah. so uh, I think... Man, I, I hate how long away I think it is. That, that's the problem. I hate saying it. Like, I feel or like. Or even, I mean, look, we could give you that one also if you want for good measure. No, no, you know, no. No, no, I've got to answer state, the question. Sorry, which, can, which state is going to do it first? Okay, well? we, can, we can go with both. Well, okay. So, time frame, I think, is probably. Can I give a range or do you want like eight years? I want a year. I want a, a date. year. Oh, he wants a date. Okay, we're gonna go with hour. We're gonna go with February, uh, and it's going to be so it's twenty twenty one. It's gonna be February twenty twenty five. Not not twentieth of April. No, no. Uh, I'm going with February because that's when it seems like you know the CBD became legal over the counter and a few other. You know, it's kind of when the government likes to. Or at least the medical side, but uh, because they're doing their their different reviews, and but February seems to be a good a good month. Um, Makes so month that's what I'm going started into the year. Yeah, you know, like not not January would be great because it'd be like a New Year's resolution. Oh, we're all going to get stoned this year, but that's not going to work out. Um, so I think yeah, February 2025 is my. He's my, on the record. He's yeah, on, on the record. record. February first, 
2025. And is that a, <laughs> is it a state or is it just wide or is it national? <sighs> this is a tricky one as well. I think I think we're gonna go, and we're talking full recreational, right? Like, because you know, ACT is decriminalized. It. Well, I, well, I would say full rec, but I'm going to allow you to split it up between CBD and THC. Oh, wow. You're even, wow. You think, you think, yeah, yeah. I mean, CBD should become legal. Surely that would happen. You you hope, you hope, you'd hope. I would imagine uh, CBD would be taken on recreationally before THC. It's kind of like Europe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would in that in my head, I feel Australia is conservative enough to adopt that approach before anything. Yeah. I think, I I agree. CBD will happen first, I think, but uh, I'm just going to go with, I, believe that ACT is going to be the first to, to go full rec and it, because it's a, it's an easy next step for them. Like, you know, you, yeah. there have been some reports that say that nothing yeah, change, and, and I just think it's, it's a little bit logical. I do agree with what Andrew said before. If one state goes, it's going to be tricky for the other ones not to, mm-hmm. um, or, or not to really begin to push that hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've mm-hmm. got, a, I've got a question for you. If, if, if New Zealand had legalized recreational cannabis, how far behind would Australia have been? We don't really listen to our little brother in the east. It's kind of like which is we only we, we we only we only adopt things from there when when they uh, serve a um, an image purpose. Like we claim that Russell Crowe is Australian, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Sure, but surely it would have sped things up a little bit, right? I agree. It would have yeah. completely expedited. Um, you I, would have a data set that it, that Australia would respect close by, uh, you know, as similar as you're going to get to Australia hmm. um, in a sense. So I think that, that would have, you know, you'd probably see a couple of years lag where they could collect that data, see what it did and study the, the effects that it had on the community and make a decision from there. Yeah. A couple of years. Okay, so two years. I'd like a. I'd like an exact number of months, please. <laughs> uh, I'll say twenty-eight months. Twenty. Oh, okay. Nice. Good. Yep. Fair man. I yeah. I'm maybe it's the um the fact that I, I come across as the conservative lawyer here, but I'm thinking twenty twenty-eight, no earlier. I still think we're seven years away from, and I think it'll be Victoria, um, because I think what might happen is if any of the territory governments attempt to do it it'll just get struck down really quickly um, do you do you mean in totality like uh, all cannabis or do you think cbd will go first uh i think that yeah i that's a really it is a really good question because i mean the, the one of the things that you'd imagine would inform their opinion would be the respective scheduling and you know one of the gripes that i have is that you know the it's not just THC that's treated as the the highest um, schedule. It's uh, you know all other cannabinoid compounds other than CBD. So until such time that they bring all of the non psychoactives down from that very high level um, to a lower schedule that's probably more appropriate and befitting for those compounds, I think that you know it's uh, we're, yeah we're stuck in this situation where that recreational decision will be sort of saying, well, hang on, are you going to really turn this schedule eight medicine into a recreational product? If it was just THC on its own in that class, then it would be much easier to say, yeah, we're going to make these lower scheduled products um, recreational. 
But I'm hoping that in by 2028, we have, um, yeah, some, you know, really controlled recreational products containing THC available for sale in Victoria and then, you know, probably other states. Um, you know, we like to think of ourselves as pretty progressive down here. Um, and, you know, there's revenue for governments to be made. You know, if you just want to apply the single neoliberal lens here, there's a lot of money to be made. So I hope the conservatives are listening to me when I say that. Yep. I agree with you on that one too. And I think, I think the one challenge is like, you'll get some people who are really worried about the, the money to be made, but I think most people are going to look at public health. And I think that, um, in light with what you said, in line with what you said, you know, if we can see those other cannabinoids be down scheduled, you see CBD become legal, then we've got that data set and it'll be easy. It, uh, yeah. The reality is, you know, and this is kind of, again, going back to Honolulu, that's what we think. Like we want to give you the information for you to make a choice. We're never going to be telling you cannabis is great for you or the best thing for you, but it's pretty straightforward once you weigh it up cannabis versus yeah. alcohol, cannabis versus opioids, whether you're looking at it recreationally or medicinally or whatever. Yeah. Tobacco. It's a pretty, pretty simple choice if you're willing to open your mind up and look at some of the data. Right. I, so. No. And, and indeed, I think, you know, like all political change, it will be underpinned by lobbying and all sorts of efforts. Um, and, you know, we saw in New Zealand, um, a really, uh, I guess, a successful campaign, you'd have to say from some pretty conservative groups, um, there's a lot of scaremongering about um, the move to recreational. It's probably actually a good episode to be had um, in the AltMed series, Mitch, if we can get someone from across the ditch to uh, to give us a bit of a rundown about how that campaign went, where it went wrong um, and the aftermath. But yeah, I think all of that stuff will come to the fore in Australia. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it, we have many, many battles ahead, but um, through the wonderful work that you do at, at Honolulu, Tom, it's, it's definitely, you know, bringing everyone up to speed. So we're very, very grateful to have you on our show. Was that a nice little segue, Mitch? That was actually brilliant. I was thinking in my head, what a, what a masterful. <laughs> Great, actually. I really you, you've definitely been the highlight of this one, Andrew. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Thank you. you are, it's excellent. Using yeah. all my techniques and jokes, you've been fantastic. <laughs> You're a good mentor, Mitch. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to keep mentoring and being myself. There you go. That's what's yeah, really yeah. That's great. Um, oh, yeah, but I, I completely echo what Andrew's just said. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Tom. Wealth of information, pushing the informational resource forward in Australia for cannabis. So we greatly thank you for coming on and um, sharing some time with us. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you on again in the in the future sometime and uh, keep keep working together closely. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I, and, you know, you guys, I appreciate what you're doing as well, whether it be the CBD pharma stuff or AltMed, um, you're, you're doing the same thing, really just pushing the industry and educational space forward. So, yeah, it's great to be here. Great to, great to have met you guys. And, yeah, hope, hope we can continue to work together as well. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. I think. All right. Till next time. Take care. Thank Cheers. you. See ya. All right. Catch you later.